All right, with Charlie Steers, who is the writer, director, producer, I think he also was in the film as well. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but he's not Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. That's the title of the film, not Chris Hemsworth. I play the LGBTQ plus film festival. This film was so zany and so crazy, it works. And I didn't think it was going to. I was a little worried. And then it's like, sometimes you root for a film and this is the film that I was rooting for. And it's like, but then you got a nice ending and uh, great idea. So tell me, where, where did you come up with this, this zany idea? Uh, well, I'm pretty zany myself, but um, I have been mistaken for Chris Hemsworth in the past. Um, and I thought it was the most stupid, ridiculous thing that's ever happened in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a six foot one curvy white guy from New England. Not look, I don't look Australian at all um, or have muscles <laughs> at all. <laughs> I didn't think there was somebody like do someone actually looks Australian. Is there someone people look Australian or? I mean, he like he's like looks like a like a big surfer dude. Okay. <laughs> who also carries a hammer in a toga. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really silly and ridiculous, and I was doing a lot of improv at the time, uh, so I thought it'd be funny as a sketch, and then it just kind of snowballed into a short film. Okay, so it started off as a sketch on 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 stage. Um, it started off as a sketch idea about the long lost Hemsworth, um, like as a person just walking around Hollywood looking for Chris and Liam um, to rekindle their relationship. Okay, gotcha. And then so and then it kind of like took off from there. Yeah. So then you're also because you're also have a role like a key role in the film as well, right? That was not planned. I was not supposed to be in it. Um, the person who I actually wrote the role for, great actor, um, he didn't pass his COVID test. And oh, really? last minute, we had to adjust the schedule, and I had to go out and buy a costume on our first day of shooting that night, learn the lines, learn the dance routine, um, so I could shoot. But the you next wrote day. the script. You didn't like. You didn't know your own lines. I mean, I did. I didn't. I mean, I didn't have to spend that much time learning lines. It was the choreography that was a little challenging. Gotcha. Oh, that's 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 an interesting story. But you kind of knew as an actor, you kind of knew that you can like play the role, I guess, right? Yeah, the person um, and I who was originally supposed to play the role were were similar types, so it wasn't it wasn't a huge stretch. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's like because you have some funny moments, right? But it's like it, it's it's not an easy role to play because it's like there's some key comedic moments that also set up the plot a little bit better too, where like you kind of like, it needs to pull up, get pulled off, I guess, right? Yeah, and I also, until I played the role, I didn't realize that um, that was about me and my dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so dad, you were playing your dad or? Oh, no, 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 uh, I'm, I'm playing myself with, and my dad is the boss. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so then okay, so then it became a sketch, and then yeah. a kind of like a zany Hemsworth sketch, and then when did you decide to like I'm gonna write a screenplay and kind of like maybe I can make it this into a short film? Um, it just started to feel like a an idea that was snowballing, and uh, the acting studio I was training um, at in LA at the time um, offered a short film writing class, um, and I was like, oh, this is serendipitous. Uh, it was a great way to learn um, some basic skills and structure. 
Mm -hmm. um, I had written previously, but not in a really long time. So it was great to have that to brush up on, um, as well as it, you know, you had a, a built-in audience for to see if your ideas were reverberating with people. Gotcha. And then so you kind of like workshopped and worked on the script during that kind of uh, class? Exactly. Yeah. And it was great because um, I really, I really uh, vibed with the way the teacher goes about creating his own scripts with the outline process, the logline process, um, and then going into the actual writing of it. And then we got table reads um, to, to hear how it was sounding at the end. Gotcha. And then, okay, so then that's pretty great. It's a pretty great kind of uh, class that you're in. And then it's like, you kind of like, okay, you have to, then you have the short film. It's pretty solid. Then what was the next step from there after you got this nice solid script? I put it down for a while. Um, I kind of put it in a drawer and about six months later, I asked a friend from that acting studio to um, read the, the lead character and got some other friends to come over. Um, and to do like a first reading um, outside of the class. Um, and it went really, really well. And I got excited. And then um, unfortunately my grandmother passed away. So it went back into a drawer. Um, and then uh, COVID happened. And then about the beginning of the summer of, of, of 2020, I pulled it back out of the drawer um, my grandmother had left a little bit of money to me, and that's really what started uh, pushing it forward into pre-production. Oh, wow. And then you shot it like in that, that fall or later on that year? That fall, we raised the rest of the money um, through Seed and Spark. Uh, we were supposed to film uh, the beginning of December of 2020. Uh, that was during one of the COVID surges, so we had to then push to February of 2021. Um, but it just kind of all came together. We had some cast changes between there. Um, Peggy was supposed to be played by a different person. Um, so uh, I think it all worked out really, really well uh, in the end. But uh, it was a lot to just get to the shooting part. Gotcha. And so uh, the one Peggy, that's the one who does the dance, the, the, the dance sequence? Yes. Okay. So kind of a key role, right? Peggy is everyone's favorite. She's my favorite. I apparently really like to write um, zany, sassy women. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but uh, yeah, she um, she's kind of the breakout role. She's the memorable role. Uh, and I had a lot of fun writing her. That's awesome. Okay, so you're you uh, so you're ready to shoot the film. Uh, what's your directing experience? Have you directed before? No, this was my first time. Um, I, I've been a project manager in various phases of my life uh, in various um, uh, parts of the entertainment industry. Uh, so that really helped me keep everything together. Um, and I, I mean, I, I had a little bit of directing experience from college, but it was theater. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. I, you know, having been an actor, I wasn't sure what that transition to director was going to be like. And I liked directing a lot more. Okay. So how long was the shoot? How many days? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half days. Okay. And then you had to, I guess you have your, the key location is the office space, I guess. Correct. Right? So where did you find that? Um, my, I, I found the most amazing um, two people to help me produce it. Um, we had Danielle McRae Spiso, 
who helped a lot with the upfront bit. She helped a lot with the casting um, and a lot of the pre-production. And then um, Rob Vorncall uh, was the other producer um, who helped me make it. And he was just the most patient um, guiding person. He had a lot, uh, he has a lot of background in the film industry, really believed in the project um, and helped shepherd it along, including um, helping find the location. We found this great office space. The office space um, during the week sells sinks and bathtubs. Okay. Um, so their back room was pretty hilarious to walk through. Um, and I don't think you can see it, but like at the front of the office, maybe if you look really closely, there's actually like a selection of like different types of sinks. Um, okay. So it was, it was pretty fun to shoot there. Uh, but yeah, the people who, who lent us the office were really great. And um, it also actually provided a new neighbor, a great neighborhood right behind the office to shoot all the exterior scenes. Gotcha. Okay. So then, so then your, what was your process as a director? Did you like work with your DP on a shot list and kind of like stuck to it? Did you, was there any improv available with the actors? Like what was your process? Um, we had a pretty specific uh, shot list put together beforehand. Um, as as a control freak Virgo, um, I knew how much this, uh, how much time some of these uh, sequences were going to take, like the dance sequence, for instance. Um, and we had a very limited amount of time in the office space, so uh, we wanted to be very judicial with our time. So we did a lot of prepping. I worked and coached all the actors before we got on set. Um, through Zoom calls um, and just to make sure that everyone was uh, rehearsed before we got on set. So we didn't have to rehearse once we were get there. We were just finding our marks and we were able to start shooting right away. Um, and I just also, you know, was able to put together a really great team of set designers and PAs and, and makeup and hair and it just all came together um, really seamlessly once we got on set. So, uh, so Brian, Brian Patrick Roach is your lead, right? Where did you find yep. him? Uh, we went to the same acting studio together. I really liked Brian because um, he's sort of an everyman type character. He's really grounded in reality when the rest of the characters are zany and off the wall and absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I really felt like he was a great every man, every gay, <laughs> um, to to ground the uh, the the piece. He's a straight man, like everybody else is. Like uh, <laughs> the, the the bizarro pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like he's everybody's zany, and he's the one who's trying to stay balanced. I guess right. Exactly. I mean, I did, in fairness, originally write it for me to play the lead role. And the yeah. more I was getting into it, I was like, this is not for me. I need uh, someone to ground this this part. Also, too, it's like that's a lot. That's a lot to do. Direct a film and, and star and be in every scene at the same time, too. Right. Yeah. And, and the, even though I was in it a little bit, I never want to be in another film I make ever again. <laughs> Why is that? Because it was so difficult or. Um. I just want to be in control <laughs> and being an actor and a director at the same time was relinquishing some of that control. Gotcha. 
God, yeah, well, I guess you have to, right? You have to trust that that they, because you're, you're. Did you like rewind and watch yourself, or you just kind of trust that that you got the take? A little bit of both. Yeah, gotcha. All right. So, what was the most difficult part? Was the most difficult scene, like as you described, like the the dance sequence? I would actually say the most difficult scene was probably um, Peggy's first scene. Um, when she's up at reception, we, we had to figure out multiple ways to, um, figure out how to have her fall off her chair, mm -hmm. uh, um, without also hurting her. Um, and, uh, that was also a really great opportunity for Peggy to improv her opening. Um, but there was a couple of just situations in that scene that had to be timed just right. Um, so that one was pretty difficult. The dance sequence, um, I actually thought was a lot of fun to shoot. Uh, it was probably really challenging for my producers and DP. Um, but uh, it actually went really, really quickly um, because we were just really prepared and we were working with really professional dancers and choreographers. And who who drew uh, the cartoon Chris Hemsworth? Um, Oh my God, I'm going to blank on his name. <laughs> Can we edit this part out? <laughs> somebody, I guess, right? It was somebody who drew it. We had this great puppeteer um, who is listed in the credits. Yeah. Um, who, who came on um, and drew him. You know, it's funny because we, there was a long shot chance that like we had a friend who knew a friend who knew Chris. Oh, so there really? Gotcha. There was a there was a long shot chance that we were gonna get Chris, and then my friend said, "Well, your 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 script is so silly and ridiculous. Why not make it a puppet?" I was like, "That's really funny," um, and I think it's it's really surprising and uh, um, really unexpected uh, for the audience when when that happens. Yeah, because it's like we're we're not we're like we're not expecting that that. Puppet designer Matt Scott. That's what it says in the Thank credits. you. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. And it was such a it's such a difficult name to remember too, Matt Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, no, but um also I think it one one other fun thing that the puppet sort of brought to life and that is an undercurrent theme of the film is how we view people. And the puppet is sort of how I think of Chris Hemsworth and how I think most people think of Chris Hemsworth yeah. as sort of like a 80s Thundercat He-Man cartoon. Um, Weren't they in was, competition with each other, He-Man and Thundercats? Well, uh, so the, the actual body of Chris Hemsworth, of uh, the puppet, was actually um, inspired by the Thundercats. Like Lionel? What was his name Lionel? Yeah, it was, it's Lionel's chest. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that, I just that popped out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and I think and I think you can see that when everyone has decided who when people are talking to Drew, but they think it's Chris Hemsworth, they talk to him in a certain way because they've decided who he is. Um, so you're almost so, like, you're almost making like a thematic about like how we treat celebrities. They're not real people. Exactly. Like, it's like sort of puppets, I guess. And I think you can also take it one step further, not just celebrities, but how we treat everyone because of social media and because we view everyone through certain lenses now. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. You got deep there. Yeah. No, no, it makes, no, it didn't make it. No, it makes sense. It makes sense what you said. And it's like, it, it does, it does, it doesn't take you out of the movie. It just makes you laugh more, which is like, were you worried that it was going to take people out of the movie a little bit? Um, honestly, I was, I was worried about matching the mechanics of the puppet to the actor that, so that it would feel natural in a way, but also still be weird and and um, abnormal and absurd. Um, and and for some reason, I was also really um, worried that Chris might be offended by the kind of ongoing um, penis joke throughout the film. If for Chris ever saw it, yeah, <laughs> I know that's ridiculous to think about, but you think he's like, you think he's watched the film? Oh no. He has no he idea. Like when, it, when you finish your festival run, I guess you can put it on on wherever you want to put it, and I guess you can watch it. I guess, right? I mean, uh, that would be really funny. I'm waiting for the cease and desist letter if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is a good segue, but the audience feedback video, we almost got Chris Hemsworth to watch it and comment on it, but just like, <laughs> what did you think about the the audience talking about your film when in the video that we sent you? It was great hearing from strangers. Um, you know, I've, I've been so close to the project for so long. And, and even though my friends and family have been very supportive, um, you know, they're, 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 they're obligated to like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was really great to hear that the, that the parts um, that we were hoping to land were landing, that people were enjoying it. Um, while there is an underlying message, I really just like entertaining and being silly and ridiculous. Um, and that's clearly coming across from the audience feedback. Um, and I'm glad I made people laugh. Good. And so they, and they got your film too, right? They, like they, they understood the tone and what your intentions was you, you achieved your goal, I guess what I'm saying. Uh, achieved the goal and, and, uh, I, I think it actually exceeded expectations with the feedback. Um, I thought that the comments were really smart. Um, it made me feel really smart <laughs> um, and and proud of my you know inaugural directing experience. So what's what's up for you now? Are you gonna make a, are you gonna direct another film? Um, we will see. Right now, I'm uh, I'm working with a writing partner. We are writing a a feature film rom com that's supposed to intentionally bad. Um, it's you know how like they have those bad Christmas rom coms every year. Yeah, they're they're entertaining, but they're really bad. Um, we are writing one, but around Halloween. Gotcha. Um, and then we we've also been inspired by the character of Peggy. Um, and we are working on a pilot as well called Peggy Saves the World about a ragtag group of residents of the of a trailer park in Malibu. It's sort of Kimmy Schmidt meets Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I like it. But Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt almost is Scooby-Doo, I guess, in a sense. So, a little yeah. bit, yeah. <laughs> Without Shaggy, I guess, right? But... <laughs> But uh, okay, so because yeah, it's so funny because because they, they, you said we asked you what film on the blog interview what film you watched the most in your life. I got to laugh at this because you called uh, Sandra Bullock. Not that I don't think, disagree with this, but you called her a national treasure. <laughs> when anybody calls someone a national treasure, I kind of uh, I kind of chuckle a little bit. 
So Miscogeniality and The Proposal are the two films you've watched the most? I mean, I... Yeah, I guess so. I actually just before um, we we got on for the interview, I just watched Sandy Bullock, and because um, we're on a first name basis. Um, yeah, yeah, you call her Sandy, yeah. <laughs> um, SB. Um, I watched her in The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt, and you know, it's just it's classic Sandy. Um, she's she's gorgeous, but she's got this like campy, slapsticky humor down. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just, uh, my vibe. I always like joke that she always plays the same role, right? Like even when she, oh, yeah. even the space film, she's alone. She's like, she's like, she's kind of sad in a way she's lost somebody. She's like, she's like looking for some sort of happiness through another person, I guess. Right. Yep. Which, which equals the rom-coms, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. She's always sort of that, like. I, I'm sort of a, I mean, for lack of a better term, a bitch. Yeah. Uh, or something where sometimes she's just like very, like she does it the opposite where she's just like very like introverted and kind of like, yep. like I'm just looking for happiness, I guess. Right. And at some point there's always a makeover like <laughs> montage. <laughs> it's like, it's like really like at this point, it's like, we know you're attractive, Sandy. Yeah, no, but that's that's classic rom com, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the one where she was in Chicago and she was like the the L train attendee, and then someone dies or whatever? Oh yeah, with um, oh my God, it's uh, while you were sleeping. While you were sleeping, yeah, that's classic makeover, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna reinvent herself, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot. I haven't seen the Lost Cities yet. So then you also talk about uh, one of my favorites, The West Wing, which I've seen I've seen more than a few times every episode. That's a pretty it good is, mixture. It is probably the show I have watched the most times in my life. I've probably watched it 20 or 30 times through. Um, even the even the non-Sorkin years? Yep. Even the non-Sorkin years. Um, though the Sorkin years obviously are better. Uh, it, it's funny, though, because I, I went to see Aaron's um, uh, new, new version of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, How was that? Which was was absolutely phenomenal. And the, my friend and I who went, like, started chuckling at all the Sorkinisms that, like, found its way into the script. Um, it's just really funny. Like, also when I was watching the trial of the Chicago Seven, yeah, there there are three there are three um, things in the movie that are like pulled directly out of West Wing and like copy and yeah. pasted into that script yeah like he always likes describing women like beautiful women as they have legs that go all the way down to the floor <laughs> um and he also likes to tell this really really bad dad joke he's like and it goes a little something like um uh why do they only have uh one egg for breakfast in france why because in france one egg's enough <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty bad joke. It's a bad joke, yeah. yeah. And then um, he also loves to use the word ensorcelled. Ensorcelled? Ensorcelled. Yeah, because I just watched uh, the, 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 the Desi Arnaz uh, Lucille Ball movie, right? So, yep. And you see, like, he always likes to set, have that setting of, like, intense pressure during kind of a few days or a week. And, like, he likes that tone. Even, even in the, the Steve Jobs movie, he did the same kind of, like, uh, setting, right? It's not a 
bio of the person it's a bio of like the, the, a few days i guess right it's using the people to actually help you understand the time and place yeah 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 like in some of his he he's amazing because he wrote like most of those west wing scripts and like some of them are like like i, I think of the, the like the season what the season finale of like season was a season two where they go back to time with jed and he's like a kid Yep. relationship with the secretary right like that's pretty yep. and he has that big speech in the cathedral yeah it's called two cathedrals i think it's called yes. right? like that's yep. a pretty that's a that's a movie that's a pretty amazing piece of writing you know what i mean yeah right right before his secretary mrs lanningham dies yeah yeah so basically yeah but that's like pretty that then there's some really interesting kind of uh like like uh kind of like i, I love this uh the episode where uh he tells toby that that he has ms it's really oh, just wow. had them having a conversation, right, for 40 minutes. And, like, Toby kind of lays it to him. I love that. They, uh, just a really great dialogue, really great writing. Yeah, he's... I mean, that's a, that's almost a play right there, yeah. that, you know. But it's also really interesting because Aaron was schooled in musical theater, so there's a rhythm and a musicality to the way he writes. There are some writers who, you know, you get the script and um you can adjust the lines a little bit here and there with with aaron you know as i understand it you have to say all the lines verbatim as written with all the punctuation yeah and only in certain not all actors can can do his scripts right like it's, yep. it's, it's a certain type right so yep which is why probably why he goes back to certain actors time and time again right so exactly exactly yeah anyways well yeah so so it's such a sandra bullock rom-coms to to uh to Aaron Sorkin in the West Wing. It's like a pretty good, uh, I like that. I like that contrast. And Buffy somewhere in there too. And sorry, and Buffy as well, right? So, <laughs> which is like, which is the zaniness, I guess, right? Not the, the, the yes, camping, the, it's not, the not taking it seriously, like having fun, I guess, right? Which is why I like the Marvel Avengers movies a lot more than the DC Comics ones. Yeah, but even though the, but, my I'm, I'm like getting i usually i'm giving my personal opinion here sometimes they take they, they take those films a little too seriously now you know what i mean like the marvel ones yeah like they're yeah, more serious. Grand, like story of life or something like that right <laughs> <laughs> like just have exactly. fun yeah <laughs> exactly that's what it's all about having fun yeah all right man thank you so much for the conversation well let's talk again when you make your next film i'm sure i will and uh congratulations on the success of this film Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.